return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. It would help if I had my Bible. Oh, by the way, Pastor Dave and Jeannie... From Sioux Falls, it was, uh, roads were icy, so they're, they're there. Everything's fine with them, but they decided to stay. But why don't you raise your Bibles with me? Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, this morning I'm going to talk about having a cloak of humility. Amen. And I, I, lo- I like thinking of humility as a cloak. Amen. Because... The Bible says that you know we emanate the glory of God. He lives on the inside of us, amen? And we know that the glory of God is bright. And I know sometimes, you know, especially if, if you've, you've been a Christian for a long time or you've read, read the Word and had tons of revelation, it's easy to get blinded and think, like, I'm really good. I know I have all this revelation, and, and I just know everything. And what a cloak of humility does, and so that our, our, our own righteousness blinds us from maybe what the enemy is trying to do in our life and trying to attack us. And so what a cloak of humility does is it covers up, doesn't cover up the glory, amen, but it allows us to see clearly uh, what we're doing in our life. 1 Peter 5.5 5 says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and, by, and be clothed, clothed with humility, for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. So we see first he's talking to the younger people about spending to your elders, but then he says, all of you, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. Amen. Because God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. As children of God, his glory shines within us. Amen. It shines out of us. So when we walk and we're, and we're going about our daily lives, like Pastor Dave always says, people should, think, should say, there's something different about that person. Amen. There's something that I want. And what that is, it's not how good we are, but it's God's glory coming through us and shining through us. Amen. And we don't want to be prideful of what we have, but we want to be confident. You know, we walk confidently. We walk with authority. The only reason that people followed Jesus, amen, or people followed Peter or Paul in their ministries is because they spoke with authority. Amen. They were unlearned. They were uneducated. But what do they say? We haven't heard anybody, we haven't heard any of the Pharisees talk with this authority. Amen. What they do? They walked with confidence. They were confident in what God had called them to do. They were confident in the words that they heard. Amen. And when we read the Bible, we can be confident in everything 
that we read and get a revelation of that's from God, and we can say, no, this is the way it is. Amen. We can be confident in that. But we don't want to be prideful, and a cloak of humility helps us to not be distracted from the enemy's attacks. If we don't have a cloak of humility, we can become prideful and arrogant. And that's just, that's just the truth. If, 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 if we don't guard ourselves from thinking that we're so great, all of a sudden we're going to be, you know, we're going to think higher than we are of ourselves. And what does the Bible say? That, that a haughty spirit comes before a fall. A pride becomes before destruction. Amen. There's a book by Rick Joyner called The Final Quest. I don't know if anybody's read that at all. And he talks about a vision the Lord gave him. And in this vision, he was fighting a battle with other believers against Satan and his, and his uh, horde of enemy, er, our, their enemies, Satan and his forces. And in this battle, there was a mountain with different revelations. So there's different levels, and at each level, there was a revelation. And uh, the more revelation he received, the more glory shined through his armor. Amen. Isn't that, the, isn't that true? The more that we, we realize who we are in Christ, the more we can shine for Jesus. And uh, it, the more the glory shined, it came to a point that he could barely see the battle anymore. It was just reflecting off his armor. He couldn't see anything. And the only way he could see clearly was by putting on this cloak of humility. So he always refers to, he's, he's speaking to this person named Wisdom, who is Jesus Christ. Amen. And Wisdom said, here, take this. This is going to help you see clearly. And this cloak was just plain. It was drab. It didn't look very nice. You know, just kind of this, this really plain drab mantle. But he put on the cloak of humility, and he could see the battle clearly. I mean, and when we put on humility, and I like that, that, that 1 Peter 5, 5 says it as that we clothe ourselves with humility, because every day we have to put it back on. Amen. Just like many things in the Word. Um, but humility isn't just a flash. I mean, it doesn't, or isn't flashy, sorry doesn't always feel good to wear. Amen. Sometimes, you know, in, in life, when we're dealing with people, you know, biting our tongue might be a sign of humility. I'm not going to say what I want to say in this situation. Amen. But it's the only thing that keeps pride from destroying us. Amen. Again, Proverbs 16:18 says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Pride only, des- only destroys. I mean, you think of, of uh, Adam and Eve, when, when Eve ate of the fruit of the, of the knowledge of tree and good and evil, what was one of her main reasons why she did it? Well, I could be like God. I can know good and evil just like God can. I can put myself up on his level. Amen. And as Christians, as, as believers, and as children of the, of the Lord, he's already said that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So there's not really... Yeah, we can get levels of, levels of revelation, but there's, we're at the highest level just as children of the, of the Most High God. Amen? And so we don't have any reason to be prideful. We only have reasons to be humble. Amen? Pride is an enemy that we have to face every day. And again, we put on that cloak. We put on that mantle of humility every single day. It might not look very good. Amen? It might seem... Like, uh, well, why am I wearing this? I have this shiny armor on underneath. I have this really nice suit on underneath. Why am I wearing this drab cloak? Well, it's important because every day in our life, amen, we're, we can be a blessing to somebody. Every single day we have opportunities to minister and to witness, amen. And we want to witness out of a place of humility. 
when a witness out of a place of love. Amen? When we always need to be right or we want to say, I told you so, that's pride. Amen? And we have to put it under every day. I mean, every day there's a situation where I can be prideful and I can say something or try to prove my point. You know, it's something that I try to deal with every single day. Humility takes the high road. Amen? Always takes the high road. Pride says I did it by my faith. Humility says God did it by his grace. Amen? Romans 12.3 says, For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Amen? It's not like, it's, it's not this magic thing when we, when we become a believer and we just, you know, we, we go out and get this faith ourselves. No, we get a measure of faith. Amen? Like Pastor Dave always says, we, we all have the same muscles. Amen? But some of them are more developed than others. It's with, our, our faith muscles are the same way. I mean, if we continue to read the word, because, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if we continue to read the word, the, the stronger our faith muscles grow. But God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So again, in our lives, yeah, we need faith to do things, but it all starts with God's grace. Amen? Everything that we do in life, it all starts with his grace. Hallelujah. Grace came first. So we don't want to say that it all happened because of my faith. I put my faith out there and that's why it happened. God's grace came first. Then we can apply our faith. Amen. Hallelujah. The Bible says that, that we are saved um, by grace through faith. Amen. So first... We're saved by grace, because of God's grace, because of what he did on the cross for us, because he gave us something, uh, didn't give, give us something that we did deserve, amen, then we can use our faith and we can do great exploits for the Lord. God's grace allows our faith to work, amen? Our faith doesn't work without God's grace. No matter how young you are in the Lord, you have a measure of faith, Amen? In the Bible, you, and the more you read the Bible, the more revelation you receive. And the more you realize how much grace God's given you to do the things that you do. Hallelujah. The more you revelation you receive, the more revelation you know is out there. Amen. When I came, I've told the story before, I think, but when I came to college, you know, I was a pastor's kid, and, and I thought I knew it all. I was like, I can't be... I, I had the... the the attitude of I can't be taught anything, anything new. Amen. I know, I know the Bible, and I've read it, you know, cover to cover, and I've done all these things. And but the more I started listening and actually opened my ears to messages in fire starters, amen, and messages here at the church, the more I realized, wow, I don't know anything. <laughs> so the more you know, the more you know that you don't know, amen. That's why we want to continue to read the word. We, you know, the Bible says that, that we, um, Paul, Paul said to the Ephesians that I want you to know the love of God that passes all knowledge. Amen. Well, how do you, how do you know, how can you know the love that passes knowledge? Well, you can't. What was he saying? I want you to continue to walk in love 
all the days of your life. I want you to continue to know God's grace all the days of your life. Amen. And when we do that, we all start out as, as babies in Christ. Amen. And little by little, as we eat the word, as we, we drink the milk of the word, eat the meat of the word, we continue to grow, grow. What happens to a, to a baby in the natural? It becomes an adult. He or she becomes an adult. Um, and is mature, right? Same thing with our faith. Same thing with Christianity. We started as a, we started as a baby in Christianity, in our faith. Amen. And the more good teaching we hear, the more we get into the Bible. Amen. We continue to grow. Our muscles continue to develop. Amen. We get mature. And the Bible says that we should strive for maturity. Per, the Bible says perfection, but that word perfection means maturity. We want to be mature in the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So the more revelation you get, the more humble we should become. Because, again, the more we know, the more we're like, oh, Lord, thank you so much for your grace because I don't know anything. <laughs> Amen? And we see this with Paul in Paul's life just by when he wrote um, the, letter, the letters to the Corinthians, Ephesians, and then to, to Timothy. But in 1 Corinthians fifteen nine. He says, For I am the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace towards me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than you all, yet not by the grace of God, but uh, yet not I, but the grace of God which was, in, which was in me. So he says, I am the least of the apostles. I did all these things. I'm, I'm the least of all of the, the great apostles in that day. And then some time passes and he writes Ephesians. In Ephesians 3.8 he says, To me who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Amen. So we see that he goes from, I'm the the least of the head of the Christians (laughs) in, in the world. And we see in Ephesians, I'm less than the least of all the saints. What is he doing? He's growing in the word. Amen. He says, I'm less than the least of all the saints. This grace was given. Amen. So again, he realizes, wow, I need God's grace. I'm less than the least of all the saints. And he's not throwing himself a pity party. Amen. He's not, he's not putting himself down, but he's just realizing there's so much more that I can grow. I can grow so much more in God. And then in 1 Timothy 1.14, Again, he starts out with grace, and he says, The grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, whom I am chief. Isn't that amazing? So we see Paul, on his, just as he journeyed and as he, as he went different places, and as he wrote letters and continued to get revelation from God, and he says, I am the chief of all the sinners. So now he's not even saying he's even least of all the saints. He's saying he's least than even the sinners. What is he saying? He's not saying that he's unworthy. He's not saying that he, he is a sinner. He's not saying that um, he doesn't, isn't going to heaven. What is he saying, though? He's saying that I feel like I need God's grace more than everybody. <laughs> Amen? I feel like I can only live with God's grace. And we think of, you know, Paul, one of, the, one of the giants in the, in the New Testament, 
and I look at myself and I say, can I, do I really believe in my mind? Am, do, I, do I have that attitude that I need to, I'm this low as far as humbling myself before God? Amen. And I put him up here. And I like what Jesus said, or what, um, what the, um, John the Baptist said about Jesus. He said, I have to decrease so that he can increase. Amen. If we want the Lord to work in our life, we have to decrease. We have to humble ourselves. We need to get on our knees before God. We need to be lower than how we see Him. Amen. We don't want to let pride creep in and think that we're on an equal playing field or equal plane with the Lord. Amen. But we need to decrease in our life. Paul says that um, it is not I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. Amen. I want people to see God's personality and God's character through me more than they see my own. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's how we grow. The more we let the Lord work in our life and the more we let him, we show him through us. Amen. The more we can witness to people and be a blessing to others. Amen. With each step Paul took, he realized how much grace he actually needed. And he realized who he was without the grace of God. Paul wasn't just saying this for Timothy's sake. He believed it, amen? How many of you know that the more you get into the Word, the more you, you know that you don't know very much? <laughs> amen? The more I read the Bible, I see, it's like I see more that I, I, I've read a scripture dozens and dozens of times. And I'm reading, I'm reading it for the 50th time. It's like, I've never seen that. That's really good. Even this message today, you, somebody might get a revelation of something in this message from one scripture. Somebody else might hear the exact same scripture and get a different revelation. That's how good God is. There's no end to his knowledge. Amen? There's no end to what he has for you. The knowledge of God and the word of God is infinite. We'll never get to the end of God. Amen? I was, you know, in the Bible, everything, in, in the New Testament, everything is more than enough. Amen? Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Amen? So we can't get to the end of God. Hallelujah. The more revelation we get, the more we know we don't know. This is how you can be more humble, the more revelation you receive. Amen? So the brighter our armor shines with the glory of the Lord... You know, maybe the heavier, the, the thicker that cloak of humility we put on. Amen? Every time we get into the Word, we see His grace. And see more and more that we can't do anything without His grace. Amen? And Pastor Day has been talking about this. He talked about it last week with, with practicing forgiveness. And, and how, um, you know, he said, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Amen. So as we extend grace to people, you know, as we humble ourselves to, to people and realize I'm not their judge, I'm not going to judge them for this, this, and this because I'm not their judge. I don't know their heart. Amen. It says that he resists the proud. He gives grace. He gives more grace. Amen. He gives grace to the humble. James 4.4 4, uh, James four four says, Adulterers and adulteresses. That's a great way to start a... Uh, Let's start a, a verse, huh? Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain 
the Spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously, but he gives more grace. And I've read that scripture before, and I thought, well, it just looks like a sentence um, out of context with the rest of the verses. But he gives more grace. I'm thinking, like, when there should be an ending to this sentence. No, but the sentence is, but he gives more grace. Amen? So I look at James 4, um, and I say, adulterers and adulteresses, you know that your friendship with the world is enmity with God. And I think of the woman that was caught in the very act of adultery and thrown out into the street. And the Pharisees say, the law says we should stone her. What do you think? Amen. And she could have been all prideful. You know, she could have, she could have stormed out of there. But I really believe she humbled, humbled herself before the Lord. And when he started writing in the, in the sand, and he says, whoever has sin among you, cast the first stone. And they all left. And he goes, where are your accusers? And they're not here. Amen. And he says, I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no, sin no more. I think when somebody turns away from an old lifestyle, when somebody turns away from drugs or alcohol or whatever it is, amen, the Bible says that he gives more grace. Amen. amen. The Bible says that, that to him much is given, much is required. Amen. If you're faithful in small things, I will make you ruler over much. Amen. So when we turn away from, when we completely turn away from the world, and we completely turn away from our old ways of living, the Bible says he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. It's hard. Have you ever tried to help somebody who doesn't want help? Who's too prideful to ask for help? Isn't it tough? Like, you're like, well, maybe, maybe you should try it this way. No, 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 I, I don't, that's not going to work. I'm going to do it this way. That's how it is with God. Amen? When we, he can't work with us if we're prideful. Amen? If we have our cloak of humility off and we can't even see in front of us, you know, and, and how many, too, you know, when, if I'm driving and the sun's really bright, you know, it's hard even to, like, you're, you're so focused on, like, trying to see that it's even hard to hear. <laughs> you know, it, like, it affects the rest of your senses. So when we don't have our cloak of million, it's harder to hear the voice of the Lord, too. Amen? Because we think we have it all down. We think we have the knowledge about everything, when really it's the Holy Spirit that has all knowledge. He helps us with everything. He helps us in our infirmities. He helps us to pray when we don't know how to pray as we ought to. Amen? James 4, verse 7 says, Therefore submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Really, resisting the devil is just submitting to God. The Bible says the goodness of God leads to repentance. Amen. So, in our everyday life, I don't try not to do bad things. I just try to do good things. <laughs> I just I don't try not to live for the devil. I just try to live for Jesus. Amen. So, instead of, you know, resisting the devil, no, just submit to the Lord. Amen. It's easier to submit than to resist. Amen. So when we submit to the Lord, we're already resisting the devil. We're already telling the devil, no, you don't have any place in my life. I'm submitting myself to Jesus Christ. 
Amen? Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Again, humility is drawing near first. Amen? We draw near to God, he draws near to us. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Amen. When we submit to God, we receive more grace. Even if we act like, again, the preceding verses. Hallelujah. The Bible says, again, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Humbling ourselves, we draw near to him first. Have you ever been in a, in a, in a fight with your spouse and told yourself, well, I'm not going to apologize until they apologize? I'm sure nobody here has been like that. What is that? It's pride. Amen? Humility says that, that um, you can make amends even if it's not your fault. Even if you don't believe it's your fault, you can say, honey, I'm sorry. <laughs> what are we doing? We're humbling ourselves. We're humbling ourselves to our spouse. Amen? When we, build up, when we bring ourselves low, he'll lift us up high. Amen. That's why bowing down is such a great form of surrender to him. Because we're saying, Lord, I'm, I'm lowering myself to you. I'm laying, I'm laying prost, um, prostrate before you. So I want you to be higher in my life. I'm going lower so that you can be higher in my life. Amen. And so bowing, if you can, is a great, just a great sign of surrender to the Lord. You know, there's, we don't do formulas or anything like that here. But it's just a sign of surrender. Amen. Lifting our hands to him, that's another sign of surrender. That's another way to humble ourselves before the Lord. Amen. Luke 14, 7. And this is a parable that he spoke to those who were invited when he noted how they were they chose the best places saying to them when you are invited by anyone to a wedding feast do not sit down in the best place lest one more honorable honorable than you be invited by him and he who invited you and him come and say to you give place to this man and then you begin with shame to take the lowest place so that when you invite invited you comes he may say to you friend go up higher oh, but when you're invited go and sit down in the lowest place so that when he invited uh, invited you, when he who invited you comes, he may say to you, "Friend, go up higher." Then you will have uh, glory in the in the presence of those who sit at the table with you. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Amen. Don't exalt. We don't want to exalt ourselves above above others based on our social status, based on the house we live in or the car we drive. Amen. Why? All those things are material things anyways. They're, just, they're not going to last. Amen? We don't go around saying, ah, well, I have this, I have this much money, you know. <laughs> but we want to humble ourselves before the Lord. Amen. And I love this verse because it is, it's true. If you, you know, you, you think, I'm going to sit at the head of the table because I have this social status. But then, you know, the president of SDSU comes and he's invited to the same party and he's like, uh, no, that was reserved for Barry. That was reserved for Mr. Dunn, not you. 
you need to sit over there. It is a, it's like a walk of shame, right? Amen. But we need to humble ourselves, amen, so that, again, in verse 11, who exalts himself will be humbled, he who humbles himself will be exalted. There's always someone who has more than you do. Instead, the Bible says in Romans 12:10 to be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor of giving preference to one another. When you're having a conversation with people that you don't know very well, uh, learn about them. Ask them questions. Don't just talk about yourself. Amen? We have a lot of students here from other countries that maybe some people don't know. Amen? Ask them about their family. Ask students about what they're going to school for. You know, learn more about. Pastor Dave always says we have one mouth and we have two ears. Should be listening twice as much as we're speaking, amen. Learn about their background, achievements, showing actual interest, amen. Don't just talk about yourself the whole time. And I know it's hard because human nature says, "Well, I have this and this and this going on. I need to tell somebody about it," <laughs> amen. Proverbs twenty-seven two says, "Let another man praise you, and not your own mouth; a stranger, not your own lips." I love. Uh, I'm sure most people in here know Tim Tebow, uh, played football and, and baseball. He has a book called Through My Eyes, A Quarterback's Journey. And he said in there, uh, quote was, My parent des- parents decided that with three boys around the house who were as competitive as we were, we had to institute a new rule. We were forbidden from talking about our own accomplishments, unless asked first by someone else. If someone specifically asked us how the game went or how we played, we could answer, but couldn't volunteer the information. (laughs) We began to realize that it was nicer to not hear ourselves brag, and so over time, we all just began talking about ourselves less and less. Let somebody else praise you. Amen? (laughs) We don't need to brag ourselves on ourselves because God already sees what we do in private. He already sees our accomplishments. He already sees all the things that we've accomplished in our life. Amen. And our main purpose in doing good works is that the glory of the Lord shines through us. Again, if, we're being, if, if we don't have our cloak of humility on and we're being prideful, it's hard to, for people to see the glory of the Lord shining through us. Amen. Because all, what, are, what are we saying? We're, well, we're talking about our glory. Well, this is what I did. This is the accomplishment that I had last week. Amen. So it's good for others to, they ask you, great, tell them. Tell them what's going on in your life. Otherwise, be intent. Listen. Because we can, we can learn a lot from people. Amen? We can learn a lot from others. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have not from God and you are not your own? For you are bought at a price. Therefore glorify the God in, God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So the accomplishments that we have and the things that we do yeah, we, we have the accomplishment, but really they're God's accomplishments. He, he works good things through us, amen? We, we do these things by His grace. We glorify God in our body and in our spirit, which are God's. They are, they are God's, amen? And humility takes practice. Again, just like anything, you start out as a baby and little by little you learn more things and you become mature. Amen? Humility, we might start out it might be tough. It might be hard to bite your tongue or, or to not talk about only me. 
But the more we do it and the more we practice it, the easier it becomes. Amen? And have you ever noticed that the more you do something and you get a revelation of something, the harder it is for the enemy to come and try to attack you in that area? Amen? So if, you're, if somebody's really prideful, but they start putting their pride under and they start letting their humility shine through, and they just continue to get revelation of humility, well, pretty soon it's just hard for the, you know, the, you build up all these walls around your camp that the enemy can't get through because you have revelation. So whenever a thought comes, it's like, no, this is what the Bible says about pride. This is what the Bible says about humility. Amen? It takes real effort at first because human nature is to want people to notice how good we are. But Jesus says in Matthew 6, 1, said, take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have their glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your hand know what your right hand, your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. Amen. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the street that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have the reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. I think of the rich young ruler that came to Jesus and said, How can I be your disciple? And he said, Well, you need to... Um, obey all the laws and you need to do all these things. Oh, yep, I've done that. I've honored my father and mother. I've never murdered anybody. Low standards, huh? And Jesus said, one thing that you're missing. He said, sell everything you have. Just get rid of it. Give it away. Give it to the poor. And then come and follow me. And what did the Bible say? That the rich young ruler, is like he didn't even say anything. He just walked away. So he walked away sorrowfully. For he had many possessions. What did he do? He was so puffed up in his accolades and his material things in life that he couldn't humble himself before the Lord. Amen? Amen. <laughs> and what's more is he started off by telling, telling Jesus, well, I've done all these things. I'm, I'm so holy that isn't that enough to be your disciple? What a disciple is, is not just being a hearer of the word. Amen. You can read the Bible, we pray and we fast, we do these different things. And that's great. But being a disciple is being a doer of the word. Amen. Imitating Jesus who did it before us. Amen. It's like Paul, or, uh, yeah, Paul said to his, you know, the people that were under him, he said, imitate me like I imitate Christ. Amen. Follow me. Watch for me. You know, that's one thing about um, being able and having, having, being blessed to work under Pastor Dave. You know, I, I gained so much knowledge and so much wisdom from somebody who's been in the ministry for so many years. And I'd be a fool to think that I can just do this on my own. I don't need any, any other help. I can, I'll just figure it out. 
And so much of life is spent just trying to figure it out by people. You look at the world, and uh, you know we have these stages in life. You know we have we're born, and then we go to you know preschool, and then K through 12, you know high school, and different things, and we go to college. And it's like you know life is almost in pieces. <laughs> Amen. It's like well I, I got this puzzle piece, and then I'll add this puzzle piece onto it, and then I'll add this puzzle piece onto it. But when we have Jesus. Amen. We can see that these, these individual puzzle pieces is making his masterpiece called our life. That Jesus has, has helped us refine and helped us stay on a good path. Amen. You know, when we're, when we're early, early on in our life, we see and we see there might be a fork in the road. Do I go to this college or do I go to this college? Do I pick this major or do, do I pick this major? You know, and then you get out, out of college and you see another fork in the road. Well, should I live here and take this job, or should I live here and take this job? And, uh, but once you look back, you know, even at 33, and I look back, I only see one path. I don't see the forks anymore. And then we have one path. We can't go backwards and take a detour, take another route. Amen? We only have one path in life. Amen? And so when we humble ourselves and we say, Lord, in every decision, in everything, I need your help. I need you to help me do these things. Amen. Hopefully we can look back and we say, ah, oh, man, look how the Lord ordered my steps. I mean, and this is how much grace God gives us, is that there were times I didn't even pray, I, you know, I didn't pray about a decision. I didn't think about what I was doing. I just did it because that's what I wanted to do. But I look back and I think, wow, you know, look how the Lord just ordered my steps in that, in that decision. Wow, I didn't, you know, the Holy Spirit must have been guiding me because that was the perfect decision to make. Amen? Amen. I think the Holy Spirit does more in our lives than we think. Doesn't he? How how many of you have looked back and you said, wow, how did I get through that season? Oh, the Holy Spirit, amen? The Holy Spirit, he'll, he'll come and pick you up. Amen? As we stay humble, the Lord will reward us in front of everybody anyways. That's why we want to stay humble. The Word of God says a lot about humility. And just think of, of our, our, our number one example. Jesus Christ came as a man. He didn't, he didn't just, he's part, or he was 100% God, 100% man, came down to earth and died for the sins of the whole world. For people that, that maybe you and I would think, well, well, we don't deserve this or they don't deserve this. What did he do? He came down. He died for us. He humbled himself. Amen. He died on the cross, and as a result, when he rose from the dead, we were saved by his grace. Amen. But all what did it take first? It took humility. It took himself. He needed to humble himself. Amen. And we know God can do that because he's only good. Amen. So he, all the things that we talk about and, and we, you know, the fruits of the Spirit and all the things that are good in the Word. Though he, are, he is those things, and he practices those things every single day. Hallelujah. And then there's other things, you know, other verses that show up about what humility brings. Proverbs 11.2. It says, when pride comes, then comes shame, but with the humble is wisdom. How many people are lacking wisdom today? I feel like I am. The Bible says that we can ask God for wisdom. It says, whoever lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all freely. I'll just give you some wisdom. And without reproach. Amen? James 4.10 says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. 
and he will lift you up. How many are feeling in a season where they just feel like heavy laden and kind of tired and burnt out? When we humble ourselves with the Lord, he will lift us up. Amen. I always like the, the footsteps in the sand poem about when, you know, he, he's walking and he sees his footprints and God's footprints. And then he looks back and he says, Lord, during the toughest times of my life, I only saw one set of footprints. Why would you leave me? And he said, no, 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 I was carrying you. <laughs> During the hardest times of your life, when you didn't have the strength to carry on, I, I picked you up and I started carrying you. Amen. Proverbs twenty nine twenty three: a man's pride will bring him low, but the humble in spirit will retain honor. Amen. Anything can be done with humility. Tithing. Tithing is a form of humility. Humbling yourself to the Lord, honoring the Lord. Amen. Bowing the Lord, lifting our hands, being humble before the Lord. Anything you do for someone else with a sincere heart is humility. Amen. We have multiple, multiple opportunities to humble ourselves in life. 2 Corinthians 9.7 says, So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So I said that this morning just about, you know, when we give, we want to give it cheerfully. It's, you know... Maybe when you first start out giving a tithe or an offering, it's like, well, that's, that's a big amount. You know, what am I? Amen. But it's not about, you know, it's, it's about your relationship with Jesus. Amen. That's what I'm trying to say. It's about humbling yourself before Jesus. Amen. Tithing, offering, all those things. Praising and worshiping. When we, when we praise, you know, if we come and praise and worship, we're just, we're looking around and, you know, we're being distracted and, you know, and we're on our phones or whatever. It's, it's hard to worship and praise when we're doing that. But when we can lift our hands to Jesus and we can say, I totally surrender to you, Lord. Lord, this is your time. I'm, I'm here to praise you and to worship you. And we have a whole day that we can look on our phone. I mean, we have a whole day that we can do other things. But what we're doing, we lift our hands and we, when we sing praises to him. What we're doing, we're humbling ourselves before God. John 13, 3 says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and they had come from God and was going to God, he rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? You know, Jesus, I, I've I taught this before, but you know that John, in the, in the book of John, he's writing, and he, he gets to this part, and I feel like he had a revelation, like, wow, Jesus really did love us. Because every time after that, when he referred to himself, he said, the one whom Jesus loved. Amen? And it's like he's writing the book, and he's like, wow, that's a revelation. Like, he, he, he was all God and all man, and he came down and he washed our feet. And Peter said, Lord, are you washing my feet? You know, Peter didn't know what Jesus, why he was doing this. Amen. He didn't know really what he was doing. He just knew that Jesus was serving him. Why are you washing my feet? I should be washing your feet. Why, you're, the, you're the master. You're the teacher. Why are you down here on your hands and knees? You know, we've been walking for days. We haven't showered in days. Why do you want to wash our feet? And then we see in John 
13, 13, it says, You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also, to wa- uh, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Again, we imitate Jesus. We imitate our Lord and Savior. Most assuredly, I say to you, as a servant, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. What Jesus is saying is, don't be so spiritual and don't be so prideful that you can't lower yourself down to do something for others. Amen. Follow my example. He's saying, follow my example. I'm here, and you might not think that this is necessary. You might not think that I should be doing this. But he's saying, I'm, I'm down here for a reason. I'm washing your feet for a reason. I love you, and I want you to follow my commandments. I want you to take somebody and look at somebody who may be in a really bad position and humble yourself and say, is there anything I can do for you? you know, be kind, be courteous. Those things... You know, the Lord loves those things. I mean, I don't know how many, I didn't look it up, how many times in the Bible he says that he gives grace to the humble. I mean, there's so many, there's so many examples of, of uh, or just verbatim words, God gives grace to the humble in the Bible. Amen? And so we want to show humility, amen, because the more humility show, we show, the more grace we get. Amen? Because we all make mistakes. You know, if I, if I serve my wife and I love her and I do things for her, you know, and I do them without complaining, sometimes hard, but if I do those things, amen, we're going to have a better relationship. We're going to have a better marriage. If she does the same for me, we're going to have an even better marriage. If we serve each other, amen. If we prefer each other in love, the Bible says that we, need to, we should want to prefer one another in love. Amen. And same thing with the Lord. When we prefer Him and we say, Lord, you know, not my will be done, but Your will be done. What do You want me to do? Where do You want me to go? How should I make this decision that only strengthens your relationship with Jesus? Amen. What Jesus is saying, don't be so spiritual and prideful that you won't do a kind gesture for somebody. Even if you think it's below your means. He also said that a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. This shows us the heart of our Father. If our master, Jesus Christ, can wash our feet, an act that Peter thought was below him, was below Jesus, then there's not an excuse for us not to show the same love to somebody else. Amen? To show the same compassion to somebody else. Humility is how we bring people into the kingdom. Amen? I said one of, the first, one of the first things I hear about when people come to this church for the first time, maybe, comes to the church for the first time, maybe, is just the love they feel from the people of the church. And for, for me, you know, as, as a pastor of the church, that's just awesome. It's great to hear that. I'm sure for Pastor Dave, too. You know, Pastor Dave, you know, um, everything trickles down. So from the leadership of the church, Pastor Dave and Jeannie, been here for nearly 40 years. Um, you know, the church has been started, well, actually now I think for, it has been 40 years. I think February was 40 years. We're actually, uh, side note, I'll tell you after the service. Um, but nearly 40 years, and, and all the love that he's put into people, to me and you, 
that all just emanates out of us. Amen? Because we emanate, you're going to emanate, and you're, you're going to imitate um, who you're following. Amen? And as, as the shepherd of this church, Pastor Dave had, does a great job of loving people. Amen? Of taking time out of his day to go and to, um, you know, wherever. To go to a, a sporting event. You know, or whatever it is for somebody. And I see that in everybody here. I see that same love in everybody here. Amen. And we want to be people of love. Hallelujah. I heard there is a, a pastor, I think I've told this before too, my, a pastor that my dad knew, and uh, he said, he, you know, he's been pastoring for a, for a while, I won't say where or who, but I don't think you would know him anyways, but he said, uh, I'm not very good at loving people, so I have people to do that for me. I thought, eh, the heart of a pastor at work, I tell you what. No, but as everybody, as anybody here, we, we want to have a heart of love towards people, amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I just wanted to mention, um, you know, 40 years at the church, we're actually going to have our celebration here at the church on April 11th. It's the 40-year anniversary of the church. Um, it's amazing. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, more will come out about that, but... Did you guys get something out of this today? Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Well, Father, we just thank you for all that you do for us. We thank you that we can come, we can humbly come to you, that you give grace to us when we do, Lord. And we need your grace. Lord, today and tomorrow and the next day and and next month, next year, Lord, we thank you that we are are your children. (laughs) Hallelujah. Because of your grace, in our faith in you, we are your children, Lord. So we just thank you for a blessed day, rest of the day, a blessed week for everybody here, Jesus, that you continue to show them things in your word. Give them revelation, Father, that your glory can shine even brighter, Lord, through them. In Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you that you, that just a, a blessing on everybody's here. Anybody that was touched with healing um, during, the, during the worship, Lord, I thank you that that uh, you're just working in people's lives, that you have good plans for us, that you only have good days for us, Lord. And I just thank you. We praise your name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605 692 you can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.